Hi, this is Jason Penn, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy Jack. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning into episode 67 of Chasing Dreams. Today, you guys may have noticed a pattern with my episodes or a good good portion of them. I like to bring my friends on. I like I, I surround myself with good people. The people in my life are friends who I've known for pretty for pretty long time. I think the last 10 guests, if you look at it, a good portion of that are friends. This guest is no different. Jason Penn is a partner with the firm who has expertise in representing people injured by serious medical negligence. Jason has turned his previous experience as a medical malpractice defense lawyer at a leading defense firm into a successful practice for plaintiffs in medical malpractice litigation. He regularly litigates against physicians, hospitals, and nursing homes in cases involving birth injury and trauma, cerebral palsy, brain damage, cancer. I mean, that's a lot, guys. He's admitted in a number of courts. Exciting news. He, in 2015, he was named as Maryland's Finest Young Professionals by the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. The Maryland's Finest are selected based on their exemplary leadership activity in the community and their demonstration of excellence in their profession or business. And he's my friend, so, you know, he's classy as well. Jason, how are you doing? Good. Thank you, Amy, for having me. And, and I just want to note that this is episode number 67, and you said that you have your friends on a lot. That means there are like 66 other people <laughs> that came to mind potentially before you called on me to join you on on this awesome podcast. But I'll, I'll let bygones be bygones, and, and we'll do this, and, and we'll, we'll talk about chasing some dreams. That's, you know, I, you, always so giving. And yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go back to what usually I call you Penn, so I'm just going to go back to that. It was weird calling you Jason for a second. Uh, so, Penn, I love the selflessness of yours. You know, I'm not even going to mention the fact that I asked you a while back, and it's been a bear to get a hold of you because you're just so busy. You know what I'm busy doing? I'm busy chasing dreams, Amy. That's what I'm doing right now. Or well, trying to. And this is Penn. He's very good at, at the, the comebacks with that. But Penn, what is the name of your firm? Sure. So I'm a partner at a law firm, uh, Janet, Jenner, and Suggs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, a national practice where our main office is in Baltimore, uh, where I am. Uh, we have offices in a couple of other locations, but generally speaking, what we do is we represent the little guy or the person who has been harmed by corporate greed or negligence or unsafe practice. Um, and so that takes many different forms. That might be a hospital that's not caring for its patients correctly. Uh, that might be a uh, manufacturer of a medical device that is unsafe and is harming people. Uh, so it takes many different forms, but that's always sort of the, the common driving force behind our work. So would you say that that is a dream you've had since you were young? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's a great story. And I, and I thought about this a bunch 
over time and then also obviously in anticipation of, of talking with you today. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd love to tell you that, you know, as a four-year-old boy, I, I imagine myself <laughs> walking into a courtroom and, and putting down this sharp briefcase and, and standing up eloquently and advocating for my client who has been harmed by a company or a shady landlord or something like that. And that just isn't true. It isn't true at all. Um, you weren't channeling Perry Mason from back in the day? No, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, I, I don't even know if I watched Perry Mason back then, but you know, I, I would say that what's interesting is it's something that, that evolves. And, and I don't know that I have had at that time as a kid or as an adolescent, really a clear picture of what my dream looked like or what I wanted to do professionally. Um, sort of bit of background, and you know this because this is sort of how we met, but you know, at UMBC and a science major. And so that would lead you to sit and do research and, and, and microscope type stuff or go to medical school. And I know it was getting closer to graduation and I'm thinking, MD, PhD, or med school, or PhD, you really have to love the sciences to continue forward with this. And I- Yes, I'm gonna co-sign that. Yeah, yeah, no, and so you gotta be honest with yourself. And and I was and and knew, you know, it was gonna be a struggle for me and probably not something I was gonna want to do long-term and make myself happy. So I, I took some good advice and some bad advice. It ultimately worked out, but the advice <laughs> from people are things like, you know, you like to talk a lot. You know, you like to argue. You should be a lawyer. And I'm not really sure sitting here now as a lawyer that I would ever give that advice to someone who's considering law school. It's terrible advice, right? But I thought, oh, all right, let me, let me check into it and look into it and see what the prereqs are and what I have to do. Um, and sort of on a whim a little bit, I applied. And it's funny because for me as you know, a black kid growing up, it was sort of like, I'll, I'll give you a simplification, but you know, you're black, you're smart, you should be a lawyer, you should be a doctor. You should be Cliff Huxtable or you should be Claire Huxtable. Pick one. Um, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily exposed to computer programmers and and a variety and graphic illustrators and artists. It was sort of go to school, work really hard, get good grades, and the rest will take care of itself. So I didn't have a predefined dream as a kid. It was more do well and then success will come to you. Yeah. And the thing is, though, you were saying good advice and bad advice, right? Do you think that you would have considered it if you never had that advice? Uh, that's a great question. I like, I don't know, I, I, in some ways I think of fate and things as being faded. And so I don't know that maybe I wouldn't have applied and gone to law school that year or right away. But I do think that ultimately I would have ended up doing just what I'm doing now. Um, you know, sometimes you never quite understand how these things come together, but they do. And so I, I think I would have gotten there, but I, I appreciate the advice and the, the confidence that whoever it was that gave it to me. Because when I got to law school, um, it was sort of party time was over. I was with a, a number of other students who were older, who for them, this was their second career. They had a spouse at home that was covering the mortgage while they were in school, and it was serious business for them. And so that atmosphere sort of woke me up, and it was it was go time. 
And it was something new and exciting and different for me. It was a different way of thinking. Uh, and I'll tell you, I really enjoyed it. Um, as much as one can enjoy law school, I did. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of work. It's hard work, all of that. I'm not, I'm not, there's very few things that are rewarding in life I have found that are easy and don't require work. You know, but, I, I like how you worded that, though, because it's true. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I can only tell you from my experience, that's been true, you know, and I've heard that. And then as you go through, you go, yeah, this was this was a bunch of work. I mean, when you look back on it, you're like, this is a bunch of work, a lot of stress, some tears, some prayers, some late nights, some early mornings, a whole bunch of those. Um, but you make it through, you know. And so, you know, we're talking about being a, a lawyer. Right. But obviously your podcast is about something bigger. And what I've seen is that the struggle is the same. The requirements for whatever your dream is, or whatever uh, undertaking it is, is the same. It's a lot of discipline, a lot of hard work and support from others and a little bit of faith in yourself um, and, and sweat and tears. And that, that gets you where you got to go. So it's for me, my profession is to be a lawyer. That was one of my goals, one of my dreams. I have others. And so I find myself now as I'm chasing some other dreams, trying to apply that same kind of mantra as I go after those two. Now, you're talking about other dreams. And even when you were in law school, did you have someone that you could look towards as an example? I mean, aside from Clara Huxtable, you know, as amazing as she is in real world, did you have someone you could look to? to kind of follow and guide you as a role model, if you will, for law school or any of these other dreams you're, you're talking about? I, I did. And as it turned out, it was a good friend of mine who I knew from undergrad. She was in law school. She was two years ahead of me. So in my first year, she was in her third year. But in my senior year of college, as I was applying to law school, she was in it. So I, I saw her through her entire law school process. And then as I was beginning, she was finishing. So I saw that the, the work that went into um, uh, getting through law school. I saw the time and effort, but also I had someone to answer these questions about things you have no idea about. Things like in your you know, first year of law school, you're approached by these uh, representatives from different companies that offer bar exam review services for thousands of dollars. And you're like, well, I, I don't, who should I sign up with? What should I do? These simple questions that can that could, can cause concern for people or distractions, I had someone to answer those things for me and to help me through the process, and it was you know, tremendous. I owe it a, I owe a lot to her. Her name is Leslie Lobos, and so shout out to Leslie for all the help that she gave me. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how you give back in the same way, because when myself and my sister Jamie considered law school, I remember we had conversations about that, what that was like and what you went through. And, uh, you know, you shared um, materials as well because we went to the same school and stuff. So, you know, kudos to you. Thank you for what you did for us. Do you still find people ask you about law school or give back in that similar kind of way? Uh, I do, sort of. So, you know, as you get older, you're around a little bit different uh, population of folks. I'm a part of an organization. It's the, it's the American Association for Justice. It's a bunch of trial lawyers. But within that group, there's a minority caucus of fellow minority attorneys that practice civil law 
and believe in the access to the courts. And um, I'm on the, the, the executive committee there and, and we have this uh, community service component, which we're speaking to different students, whether they're high school or college students um, on several times a year. And so in doing so, sure, am I, am I advising people and telling them the path towards law school or what you need to do? Absolutely. What I find myself doing now more is, so I've been practicing now, and it sounds crazy, 10 years now. So I'm distinctly sort of in, I'm not a newbie, but I still have a lot to learn, of course. Um, but I find myself talking to and advising and working with and sharing my experience with people that are first and second and third year lawyers. Um, folks that are trying to figure out, you know, I'm an associate at a, at a firm or I'm, start, I'm looking for a job. How do I go about it? So I find myself working with folks like that as well. And, and, you know, I don't have the magic eight ball to tell them here's the only way to do it. It's here was my experience. Here's how I shaped it. Here's how things went for me. And, I've, and so I offer what I can and, and maybe they take my advice. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But they carve their own path. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can only uh, bring them to water. You can't make them drink. Yeah. You know, the thing is, for some people, I feel like maybe being a lawyer or what they do as a profession is their dream. But not everybody, right? You know, some people are a lawyer or they're a doctor or internet, whatever it is that they're doing. And that's how they're paying their bills. That's how they're providing for their family. That's what they do during the day but they're chasing another dream um, or other things at the same time. So I don't always presume that being a lawyer is everyone's end all be all. And so I kind of let them come to me to advice for advice. Sometimes I don't presume or assume that everyone wants to be the biggest, baddest lawyer in all of the world ever. So that's, I mean, that's the thing with a lot of things. A lot of people make assumptions that this is their first choice and it's not necessarily the case, but for you, um, the way you're going about it, is a wonderful thing because you're also a role model. And one of the things I think I've been talking about recently has been representation. And so you're actually in the practice of law that isn't as, I guess, commonly seen on TV or people are aware of, right? Because the first thing when people think about lawyers is criminal law, law and order, right? That common thing that people jump to. But you don't do that. You do a different type of law. Can you talk a little bit about that and what it's like? I do, right. So... Um, you know, there's, you talk about representation. So being a minority lawyer, there's already in any law school class, there's, you know, a pretty small percentage of minorities. And that's at pretty much all the different law schools across the country. Um, and then there's primarily for, for ease of, of reference, two different types of law. There's criminal law, which deals with traffic all the way up to murder, right? So you've committed a crime and you need a lawyer or a crime, you've been accused of committing a crime, I should say, and you need a lawyer. And then there's the rest, civil law. And that could be anything from a, a business dispute, a contract dispute, um, family law, so that's divorces, um, uh, domestic violence, um, restraining orders. So there's all sorts of other things. And so what I practice more specifically is medical malpractice. And so I'm representing people that um, – saw a doctor, trusted a doctor, and something went wrong. And not just a bad outcome, but that um, thinking about it differently and had they been trained appropriately or, or done the right thing, it could have been avoided, an injury could have been avoided. So what I've seen, though, is that, you know, it's 
there already aren't very many minority attorneys, but that it seems like a good number of them or a majority of them go into criminal law. And for those that go into civil law, they're oftentimes maybe doing uh, personal injury or smaller matters and not necessarily handling some of the more complex matters like uh, pharmaceutical litigation or medical malpractice. And so it seems to be a very small number of minority attorneys that are handling that sort of subspecialty of lawyering. And so it's sort of compounded one more step is there are very few who are young. Um, there are some certainly who have paved the way for us, but the number of young attorneys that are entering this field, you know, that there just aren't the numbers that we'd like to see, unfortunately. So that's something definitely I'm working on and the organizations that I'm a part of are, are watching and doing all that we can to promote um, people to, in your case, as I say, in your phrase, chase their dream, but that is step into the light and, and uh, represent other people who can't speak for themselves. Now, you actually are doing that in that niche of um, medical malpractice. Is that, Was that an easy decision to make to go that direction? Did you have a reason for going that direction? Sure. So, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, our days at UMBC and mm -hmm. being, a, being a science major. And so in many respects, you kind of, you, you do what you know. So I grew up, my mom uh, is a physical therapist. She's now retiring, um, but was a physical therapist. And so you often work where your parents work. And so as a kid, my, my teenage jobs were at a nursing home. So I had that kind of medical care background as it is and familiarity, uh, plus a science background. And it came time during my second year of law school that I needed a job. And one of the job listings was for a smallish firm down in Annapolis in Maryland. And it was for a firm that did medical malpractice. And, you know, during the interview, I mentioned that, you know, I'm familiar and comfortable with science and, and reading studies. And, you know, I'm familiar with the healthcare environment. And so it seemed like if you're going to pick a thing, it seemed like a pretty natural fit for me. Um, started doing, you don't know at that point, you don't know if you're going to like it. And I started and really liked it. And so after law school, I clerked for a year for a judge on Maryland's Court of Appeals. That's like Maryland's highest court. And then it came time. That's a year long position. And so it came time again for how to find a job. You know, you, you can't graduate from law school, pass the bar and not have a job. So I, I went to look in and um, again, I reached out actually to here's a funny story for you about how things work out. It, during law school, there was an evening program where senior attorneys came and spoke to uh, students. And there's a, a, a female attorney who was very experienced, probably 20 years plus of experience, who talked to us. And after that, the talk, I went up to her and introduced myself. I, you know, you talk about obstacles. You know, I, I swallowed my, my feeling of wanting to be shy and went up and stuck my hand out, smiled and said, hi, I'm Jason Penn. Thank you so much for coming. I don't recall the details. I said, oh, that's great. And, and she spoke to me briefly and, and, and that's all. And then in follow up, I, I sent her a letter and, and just said, hey, it was, it was fantastic meeting you. Thank you so much for coming. I really benefited from your insight or something like that. You know, I didn't, I didn't ask for anything. I didn't ask for a job. I didn't ask for a dollar, nothing like that. Just the thanks for coming out. I really appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. Through email or like a literal letter? I, I wrote a letter. I, I believe in writing letters. 
you know, I know how many emails I get in a day, how many letter, how many emails, text messages, Facebook. I mean, we're inundated with the, uh, with, with, with just electronic communication. And now this was more than 10 years ago. So it was a little bit less, but still, nonetheless, I mean, honestly, we get so much of it, but you, now when I open the mail at work or at home, we get so few pieces of mail that aren't bills or junk. You remember those cards. That's true. And so I keep, even to this day, I keep a stack of stationery in my desk and I'll drop a letter or a card to somebody to say thank you. Just a handwritten deal. I'll look up their address. It takes all of two minutes. You know, it's a minute more than the email you were going to send. And I think it is a personal touch. But at any rate, so I'm, I'm, I'm applying for jobs. I'm in my clerk's room. I'm applying for jobs. And I get an interview at this place and I really wanted to work there. And it's one of these deals where you interview with several different partners. And the third partner that I interviewed with, lo and behold, was the same woman who I sent that letter to. And she said, I saw your resume and said, now I see your face. She said, I absolutely remember you. And I remember a year and a half ago when you dropped me that letter. Thank you so much. And as it turns out, I ended up getting the job. I don't know if it was simply because of that experience or because of the letter, but that kind of thing that it was a letter that you fired off. It took me all five minutes. She remembered it more than a year and a half later, and it was a very person I was interviewing with. That's such a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it also goes to show you the power of some, something so simple and how you never know what impact it has on someone, but then to come find out you do, and it's like, huh, well, that wasn't actually too much, but the benefit was amazing then, apparently. I mean, I, tell you, I mean, for you and for your listeners, I have found, you know, it's a million little things. And, you know, it's, it's the thing where I say characters, when, when no one's, you think no one's watching, you know, it's those little things. It's taking the time to drop that quick letter to say thank you. Um, it goes a long way. Um, and there are people who, another example of, again, I'm thinking about those same thank you cards in my desk. I keep next to those thank you cards in my desk. Every year I go and buy a couple of Starbucks gift cards, um, you know, five, 10 bucks, whatever they are. And if I have someone who I manage or who I'm working with and they, they go the extra mile for me, they'll come in the next day and I'll have a thank you card for me with a $10 Starbucks card inside of it. That just says next cup of coffee is on me. Enjoy. Thank you so much for your hard work. And over the years, I've gotten more compliments and thoughtful remarks from people who have worked with me on projects and stuff about those small things. People inherently want to work hard and do a good job and acknowledging that with the small things I feel really goes a long way. So in my, in my dream chase, that's certainly something that I, that someone, that piece of advice on doing that was passed on to me. And so now I'm sort of sharing it with the world. And I like that you shared it. Cause actually um, another guest on the show, uh, Brian Milliken said something similar in the sense that, you know, people want to work with, people who are nice, people who are kind to one another. Nobody wants to work with uh, people who are backstabbers or mean-spirited, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that, you know, the two stories you shared are very simple examples, don't take a lot of time, but the impact it has, I think, is very profound. So imagine if you do it for a number of people. Yeah, it, I mean, it's also how you want to conduct yourself and what you believe in. You know, I'm, I'm the person who says, if I can put that goodwill out there in the, in the world, so maybe that person feels inspired to have a good day 
and they could pass it on to somebody else. You know, it, it's absolutely. I don't, I don't know if that works or not. I don't know if it's working, but I'll try it. When I when I think about it, I try it. I'm not to suggest I'm a saint or that I don't have bad days, but I at least try to incorporate some of that into into my life. Sure. And he's also not saying that if you get a gift card from him, he's just, you know, randomly doing it. He, he literally sincerely means it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> now that now we've, t- we've shared that with the world. Um, when you mentioned some other dreams you had, right, uh, that you are now also chasing in addition to what you do on a daily basis. How do you find time to do those dreams? And you don't have to mention them uh, in particular if you don't want to, but just, you know, family life balance. You have a, a wife, a son, a family plus this work and and maybe it's different for you, but to my knowledge, people who work for a law firm, from what I heard, they work like 60 hour weeks. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, it's probably a trite saying, but something I really believe in, which is you make time for what you want to make time for. And so, you know, I have a garden, a vegetable garden. It's not a big deal. It's, not a whole lot of square feet, but, you know, tomatoes and cucumbers and fresh veggies and stuff like that. And people will ask me, you know, how do you have time for a garden? You know, you work a lot, you travel, or you have kids or anything like that. And the thing is, if you want to do it, you'll have time for it. So we see that all the time with people who train for a marathon. We see that all the time for people who start their own business. We see that for people who work with them, maybe start a podcast that's on iTunes, right? So they, they carve out the time, they, they prioritize what's important to them, and they make the time. You just have to decide. I think Will Smith talks about just deciding to do it. You, you just decide. And so whatever it is, you know, with the next dream, the next thing, the next hobby I want to chase or pursue, it's you decide that that's what you're going to do. And you'll find that maybe you don't have quite as much time for TV like you thought. You, you Maybe you're spending a little bit less time on Facebook like you thought. There's all these hours. Maybe you get an hour less sleep a day, but you're doing it. So you have to make the decision to, that you want to pursue it and that you're serious about it, and everything will fall into place from there. Which is great advice. And, and very. it's funny how the, the best advice is the – most simple when you boil it down, right? I mean, the things and experiences you've done and you went ahead and just did it. Somebody talked to you about law school and you just, you just did it. And now you you have these other dreams and you're just doing it. Did you feel prepared to do these other dreams when you decided I'm just going to do it? Did you have everything you needed to pursue that? Or did you have to like kind of figure it out how pick up other skills? Was there an overlap? Amongst the dreams? No, there, no, there's literally no overlap. The skill set that, that's required is the same, but they, uh, people will say to you, you know, if you wait till you're ready to have kids, you'll never have them. And, you know, the, the sentiment that they're expressing is you're, you're never fully ready. You know, if you, if you come to whatever task or thing you want to try out or if you want to run for a marathon, if you could run the marathon right now, <laughs> what's the point? So some, so much of it is the adventure and the chase and, and whatnot. And so interesting thought. So I, I, I really have a passion for fishing um, and, and thought to myself, how can I take what I know and what I love and, and do something different? So I'm 
considering, and again, I'm, I'm doing all the research of thinking it through. And so I'm talk, sharing with you all in this sort of infant stage of getting my captain's license, what that looks like and starting a charter business, taking other people out for sightseeing and for fishing and what's involved there and, and how do I do it? Um, it's a lifelong passion of mine. So it's not something I have to um, get off the ground tomorrow. It's not something I'm going to be relying on income for, but there are steps I have to take and research I have to do. And so I'm in the process of doing that. You know, it, it's, I don't want my job to define me. I want to do other things that I'm passionate about as well. And that's one of them. So no, am I prepared? Is it a same skill set? No, <laughs> not at all. Right. But, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like apples and oranges. It, it's apples and oranges in that, in, in, in that way, but I'm, I'm ultimately as a lawyer in a customer service business. Um, I try to provide a service to people and, and represent them well. Same thing with the fishing business. You, you provide a service and entertainment value to people and serve them well. Um, it's going to be something you'll like, you know, and I, I don't think I'll ever get bored with fishing. There's never a bad day of fishing. It's not always catching. It's just being out there. So that's, a, that's another dream I'm pursuing as well. And, and the same amount of, you know, sleepless nights sometimes, early mornings, figuring things out, missteps, saying, oh, that's not the way to do it. I thought I could just start a business and go for it. As it turns out, you can't. So no, there's, they're the same things that, that you find out. Some things go well, some things don't go well. You plan. Apparently, I need a, a better business plan and a model. There's, there's all sorts of things that go into it. And you're feeling your way out. And I'll tell you, Amy, if you, if you, I feel like if you wait until you're all ready or until your child's out of the house or you've got all the money saved up or, you know, whatever that is that you want to do, if you wait till that, you'll wait forever. Do you mean like waiting for the perfect circumstances where everything's lined up neatly? Yeah. Also, correct. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's just ain't going to happen. I mean, you know, I, I haven't seen that happen. You know, you're not, everything's not going to be perfect. And so, if it's something you want to do, go ahead and do it. You know, it's get busy living or get busy dying. And I and then you, we see all these sad circumstances of life that's not lived. And so, you know, I just, I feel like you got to get out and live it. And, you know, I completely agree. And I'm going to ask a question, which you may not have, you may not have the answer to, but I'm curious as to what your thought process would be for it as someone who's chasing multiple dreams. Do you ever feel that, you know, given that you're doing the research currently for this one dream and you're currently living the other, do you feel that you have to pick one over the other or can you have both once you've done the research and you've discovered one, is that something you're willing to do or like, what do you do when you have multiple dreams? Yeah. Um, pursue them all passionately. I, I mean, that, that, that's it. There's no, I really think that we're under many people, myself included times, we undersell ourselves. We say, oh, the time's not right. It's too much on my plate, too much to handle, this, that, and the other. You know, it, it, as if it is too much, you might find yourself scaling the dream back or redefining it a little bit. You know, it might not be that I land a fishing show contract with ESPN. It might be that I have my own YouTube channel. You, you reshape and redefine things. And so if you wait the time for... I'm going to accomplish this goal and then the next one and the next one, you're going to miss them. So while I'm living a dream in the sense that I've pursued a career in the law and, and that's going well, I'm not where I want to be with that dream. I have other accompl accomplishments that I want to achieve as well. 
So if I ever wait for that to be done, I'll, I'll wait forever. Same thing with this next dream and the next one, being a father. There's all sorts of things. If you wait for them, you'll just be waiting. So, so you got to get out there and try them and, and define the goals and, and define the dreams. And so one of the things, an exercise I recently picked up, they say, look, Sunday, Sunday night, you start thinking about what is Monday going to look like for you? So Sunday night or Monday morning, you take a piece of paper, you take five minutes and you jot down your dreams, jot down your goals and things you want to get accomplished. You don't spend more than five minutes on it. You write as much as you can. You drop it down. And, and that way they're on the forefront of your mind all the time. You start your week off um, and, and you go get it and you live your life accordingly. There's a comedian who says you've, you've got to act like someone else has your lunch money in their pocket. And so you have to get out there during that day and, and pursue. So, yeah, I, I think if you're just solely chasing one thing, you're probably missing the boat. That's actually, <laughs> I see what she did there. That was cute with the boat thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Uh, did you always have that mindset about the whole pursue everything passionately? Or did that come later? No, I, yeah, that, definitely later. And, and no, I wouldn't say that it, you know, I was not a serious fellow at 18 or 20 years old. I mean, you're, you're kind of, getting out from under your parents, you're going to school, trying to put this thing together. And over time, as you wake up and realize, you know, I'm the age of what I consider to be a real adult. I oftentimes still feel like a kid, but I have responsibilities and, and I'm, I'm older now. Man, this is the prime health time. This is the time to get out and do it. And so, no, I, I don't know that I knew that then. And I'll be completely candid with you, Amy, mm -hmm. you know, Preparing for this podcast and knowing I was going to chat with you made me sit down and think about my dreams and goals again. So I can't say that I walk around every single day so purpose-driven, so focused on all of my goals and nothing will stand in my way. Heck no. I find myself on Facebook too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm messing around on YouTube also. You know, I'm distracted the same. So no, the, the, the overall perspective comes, came over time. And do I lose my way or lose my sight or do I not remain focused, focused, focused all the time? No, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm human, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the flip side of it because I don't know that someone who's so purpose-driven, who's only focused on their goals, that's all they do, sometimes they're not always a whole bunch of fun to be around either. Yes. You know? You know Say that again. Yes. You know, it's like, that's great, man. You're, you're a motivational speaker. You're like Tony Robbins. I mean, you're amazing. You're doing it. And that's great. <laughs> but man, ease up. Can we talk about the Ravens? <laughs> <laughs> can we, you know? we are, we are allowed to, right? I mean, is there a bubble? This is we can. Is there a sign? Yeah, man. Have, have a, take a chill pill. You know, I mean, so yeah, so that, that's my goal. That's how I approach it overall. Am I living my life that every single day? Of course not, Amy. You know, of course not. But I think that you got to have a little bit of fun along the way too. And laughing and laughing, belly laughing is good for you. So I got to try to find time to do a whole bunch of that too. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more because uh, recently I had a conversation with a friend who, uh, dream chaser, go getter, you know, very focused on what they're doing. And I'm, so I'm really glad you said what you said because, you know, he found himself overwhelmed with life and the fact that he was, you know, so focused on chasing his dream that, you know, 
stressed himself out. And it's a it's a lesson to everyone. You got to have fun with with the work. Yeah, know? Amy, I, I I I really need to take my own advice on that. Um, you know, lest anyone be confused, there are many days where the experience it feels entirely overwhelming. Um, you know, you're trying to do your best in so many different regards. You know, you're trying to just get you, get things together and, and, and pursue your dreams. But man, it's, it seems like one thing after another. And, and so it, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. It's not. And, you know, um, I, I don't remember. I think it was a few weeks ago. A friend was talking to me. She's like, I mean, don't you get tired? And yeah, absolutely. I get tired of, of the things I do. Sometimes I, I think about the fact that if I wasn't working on the podcast or the summit or, you know, whatever else I'm doing, I could probably be chilling and going to a concert or to the movies or just, you know, not stressing over work. But like you said earlier, and that's the thing about this conversation we've had, there's been a lot of advice that if you, you know, look at it by itself is conflicting, but they all have to go together, you know, focus on what you're doing, pursue everything with a passion, but you also have to have that time for yourself. Yeah, but Amy, let me ask you this. I mean, mm-hmm. this conversation, like what, but why can't we have both? You know I mean? I, I find myself asking, I ask myself that question a lot. So I'll ask you, you know, you're, you're doing your podcast. Yeah. And why, why can't you go to the concert? What, why can't you have both things? I think you can. I think it's a matter of being better. You know how you were saying you have to take your own advice. I think I do as well. And I think it comes to being better at planning. You were talking earlier about how, you know, just do it. You know, it's easy to say this stuff and it's very hard to implement. And it's very easy to be talk the theory. Uh, We can have both. We just have to do it so that we can have both. If that makes sense. It does. No, it does. It does. I think it makes a ton of sense. It's yeah. I mean, look, sitting here talking about in the abstract and talking about historical accomplishments and things that you have done and, and how you got there. Sure. It's easy to say, just do it. It's a little daunting when that task is undone and you have to do it and you have other competing interests and other things competing for your time. And yeah. so, yeah, no, it's certainly not easy. I agree with you. And, and, you know, it, it, it does. It is tough when you look up and say, man, that the Orioles season is over. And I went to two games this year. Yeah. So so Penn and I are Orioles fans and Ravens fans, of course. And I, I know exactly what you mean, because there are there are weeks where I do take the advice and I am fine. And then there are days when I'm so focused, I don't see the forest for the trees. And so I think it's a constant reminder that we have to do these things. And that's why these conversations are important, that you have friends in your life that remind you of that. You know, whoever you're around, Penn, uh, if you have a business partner or friends who are like, hey, can we go to the game? You need a break. You need that in your life. Yeah. I mean, what they say, you're the average of the five people around you that are around you the most or something like that. So yeah. having those balanced people. And, and I was thinking about some of the people that I know you've had uh, Sabrina Johnson Turner on, on the podcast previously. And so people who offer that different perspective, you know, I look up and I'm I'm traveling for work, 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 and her passion, and, and I know y'all talked about this, is, is her travel, right? So I don't know her, her episode number, but I encourage, obviously, the listeners to listen to it, but that's someone who also is a lawyer, but is living a, 
is chasing a different dream as well as being this extremely well-traveled person. And that's informed her perspective and people and who she is. And so I keep her around me and my circle of friends to remind me well, for lots of reasons. But one of them is she reminds me of the importance of getting out and seeing the world and letting maybe what you do doesn't always define who you are. Uh, that's something I've learned from her. And, and, and I'm just, I know the talk that y'all have was great. And so I encourage people to go and listen to it. But I can tell you firsthand, having her in my life has, has shaped who I am. And, and guys, she's uh, episode 40. And Penn's right. She's still traveling. She's still doing what she loves. And Penn, to your question earlier about um, why can't we have it? I think as long as you, at the end of the day, if you can say, I have no regrets about what I've done today, for me, that's what's important, you know? Yeah. Have you had, do you have days like that where you have zero regrets? Yeah. And, and usually, you know, when it comes, when I, when I take off from all my work, like I won't come home and, you know, sit down and start recording or editing or blog posts or X, Y, Z. I literally just veg. And at the end of the day, as long as I can say, you know what, that's okay. I earned that. I, it, that's fine. I've I had those days, you know, they're rare, but I have it. Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. No, I, yeah, I, I live, what do they say, learning to live with regrets. I mean, I, I frequently find myself saying in, in these instances in which I don't take my own advice, like, you know, I, did I wake up this morning at 5.30 and go for a run? No, I didn't. So now here it is getting late in the evening and I'm thinking to myself, man, I really wish I had just gotten up and just done it, you know, just get up and do the run, do the work I didn't. And so sometimes I find myself with those regrets of things that, that you know, you, you don't do and the things undone. They drive me, of course, to do more, but I definitely find myself um, regretting some of those things. Now, as long as the next day when that same thing happens, you remember that regret. The question is, will you have the same outcome or not? I, I know. I, I, I'd love to tell you that I wake up the next morning when the alarm goes off and say, I didn't get it in yesterday, but I'm definitely going now. Right. I, We're I like human. It. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> We're it. human. I think the other thing, Penn, though, is um, if you continue to beat yourself up about those regrets because they've lined up, let's say you've done that to yourself three or four times. You got to be careful because you could fall into that trap of, well, you know, what's the point at this? You know, let's let it go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's there's a balance between, you know, sort of beating yourself up, but also um, being honest with yourself and, and touching base and keeping score, sort of giving yourself a report card on how you're doing in different areas. And so you know, every once in a while, you got to touch base with yourself and say, how am I doing on whether it's goals or health or fitness or wellness or Whatever it is that you've got going on, how am I doing? Give yourself a grade um, and then try to improve upon that. Totally agree. And as we wrap up, when those people, as those people are chasing their dream and you are chasing multiple ones, based on that and your experiences, what is something you would tell another person chasing their dream? Sure. I mean, it's, it's sort of, I'm into the simple advice, Amy, to be honest with you, and Know what your dream is. Define it for yourself. You know, don't let your parents define it, your significant other, your friends. Define for yourself whatever that dream is, no matter how silly or how big or improbable it is, and go and do it. 
Um, there's never going to be a perfect time. There's no right time. There's no excellent thing. Get out there, take the steps, and do it. Um, you've got a, a supercomputer in your pocket in the form of a phone um, that allows you to reach out to other people who have probably pursued a similar dream. You can research it from that same device, let alone you get to a laptop. You've got a supercomputer in front of you as well that will give you all the information and connections that you need. And so there really aren't a whole bunch of excuses for not giving it a try. You know, there will be missteps and, and course corrections all the time. But and that's okay. It's to be not not only is it okay, it's to be expected. Yep. It's when you, it's when you don't course correct and you continue to do the wrong thing continuously. So it's sometimes you have to find yourself course correcting and evaluating what did and didn't work, and and you keep pursuing it. So I, I know that's simple. I know that's not profound. That's not a book. It's not a song or a quote or anything. So that someone can latch onto and say the answer is within this book. It's not. The answer is getting out there and trying it and doing it, putting it into practice. And with that, guys, I'm going to let you go and do it. Penn, thank you so much for joining the show. Loved our chat and all the advice, because it was more than just one, guys. So you might have to keep listening or check out the show notes page to make sure you caught everything. Because there was a lot in here. And I know you didn't think you, you, you could do all that, but you did an amazing job, by the way. Thank you. There'll be a part two, Amy. Is that right? Yeah, we'll make that happen. <laughs> you know, amongst the, when he's free from chasing the dream, I'll put the request out there. We'll see when he gets back to me. That's right. We gotta, we have to let it marinate like fine wine. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much. And dreamers, that was my friend, Jason Penn. Awesome guy. Penn is fantastic. He's always kept things real. He's always been great for advice. And just, um, you know, he's right. He keeps things simple. And, you know, while this show is not sponsored by Nike, uh, the advice still stands. Just do it, like he said. Okay? And listen to the episode again. Check out Sabrina's. Check out the show notes page for this episode because Penn shared a lot of great words of wisdom that you should remember. And also because sometimes you need to keep track of all of them, Right? Each one in, by itself is, is a great piece of wisdom and advice, but together is what will help you in your dream chase, right? And also for your well-being, because sometimes you're, you're so focused and you stress out, it's not a good thing. So keep everything in mind of what we shared today and not just each piece in its own little vacuum, okay? You guys can find all the notes and the things we talked about today on the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 67. That's episode 67. Till next time, dream chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.